Bible strongly from the Lord. This message, the Lord spoke to my heart. If I've ever felt something from the Lord, I really uh, feel like God has spoke to me. Uh, so I'm going to read a few verses here. Romans chapter number 13. So glad Brother Tim is with us and moving. He came to the youth rally Friday night and we had a wonderful time in the Lord. And uh, just a powerful move of God during that rally, uh, wonderful worship. Uh, many received the Holy Ghost with blessed. Romans chapter 13. Did I already announce that? Huh? Romans 13, verse 11. I fear normally Brother Sturgeon puts the hint on the screen because I give him the, you know, he, it's already on the screen and I just go with it, you know, because I give him the, the, the scripture text and normally he, he'll have it on there. But uh, that's fine, Romans 13, 11. But uh, we had a wonderful move of God, great move, great powerful uh, worship. God was moving, wonderful message uh, from Brother Akers. Uh, preach, wonderful fellowship afterwards and... Uh, and he is uh, excited about going with us to Barberville tonight. It's going to be a wonderful time in the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough, you know. Um, you know, I'm going to be preaching twice, but then they'll have to hear me twice. So, um, But uh, I'm praying it gets better by the time we get to the end, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. If you're there, say amen. amen. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is your salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not with rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering or wantingness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no or make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter five. I I, I didn't give this. Uh, to Brother Sturtle, and that's, um, I keep him on his toes, and that's fine. Um, I, like, I like going through the scriptures. So, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. I like uh, th uh, putting him on the test. Right. Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 15. If you're there, say amen. See then that ye walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. I want to preach for the next few moments here this afternoon on Hickory Dickory Dock. Oh no, an elephant. Hickory Dickory Dock. Oh no, an elephant. 
Lay your Bibles down. Raise your hands unto the Lord. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your many blessings. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for how you're moving and how you're ministering to each and every need, God, in this place. I pray today, God, that you would anoint my lips of clay that I may speak as the oracles of God to do thy perfect will. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. And you all can be seated in the name of the Lord. Hickory dickory dock. Oh no, an elephant. Hickory dickory dock. Oh no, an elephant. Here we read in Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 16, about redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time simply means to make the most of our time. If we read uh, uh, this chapter in the NLT, as I often do, uh, if we read this uh, verse, verse number 11, Romans chapter, if we read Romans chapter number 13 and verse number 11 in the NLT, it, it says it like this. This is all the more urgent. That for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for your salvation or deliverance is nearer than when we first believe. We can find out and read how how powerful it is to know what time it is and how God wants us to be aware of our of our time and God wants us to be aware of of where we are and how things are in our lives. We we need to understand the scriptures and to search the scriptures. The Bible says very plainly that we should search the scriptures for in them we think we have eternal life. First Peter or Second Peter chapter number three and verse number three says, knowing this first that ye shall come or, or, or what or that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying where is the promise of his is coming. Uh, so many people around our world are scoffering, they're mocking, they're saying all kinds of things. Where is he come? For since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Very mocking and very uh, making fun. We see it all around our world. Most importantly, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter, or, or, or uh, in uh, first, or, for Second Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 3, uh, it says, Most importantly, I want to remind you that uh, in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth. And following 
pursuing their own desires, they will say what happened to the promise that Jesus was coming again from the beginning of time. All of our ancestors have, have went before and everything has remained the same since the beginning of creation, since the beginning of the world. When is it coming? Time, time, when is it coming? All of the things have been stated. All of the things have been said of the things that was coming to our world. If we go to to, to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 4 in the NLT, it says, The God of the age have blinded the minds of the uh, and the hearts of the unbeliever that they should not cannot see the light of the gospel that is displayed in the glory of God who is uh, and the glory of Christ who is the image of God oh so many people around our world they're unable to see what is coming and what is coming it said in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine upon them we can agree today that the God of this world has blinded the hearts and the the God of this world has blinded the minds most certainly the church of the living God cannot deny that we are living in the last time oh it's undeniable and when you see the things that are going around our world that we are living in the last time time is running out Jesus is getting ready to come we can see the signs of the appearance of Jesus all around us we've been told in the word of God we've been told by the elders of old we've been told all of these things but now right now we can see with our own eyes as things start to be unfolding and start to be more clear in our lives and all around our world we know that the end is getting ready to come we as the church of the living God should be eagerly looking for the return of the Lord Jesus as he comes to rapture his church out to where we shall meet him in the air one scripture says I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them that are asleep for the ones that are asleep will not hinder them that are alive and them that are awake oh for in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trump the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we that are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air and I am anticipating that day when the Lord comes back to get his church I'm looking for the day I get to see the Lord face to face let's clap our hands to him right now We all, many, all can agree today that we have a tendency to look at our problems and all of the situations that's going on in our lives and all of the, 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 the worry and all of the fear that the future may bring. We can listen to the news or read it or watch it on the, on the news programs or, or read it in the paper or on our internet or Facebook. We can see the signs of the time, the fear of the future, what 
happens uh, tomorrow is in our minds. What's going to take place and how is it going to happen and how all the things in our lives uh, is going to take place. Oh, what should we do? How should we face uh, these things in life? How should we live our lives in order to know that time is, is valuable, it's valuable to each and every one of us? We need to understand today by looking at our problems and looking at our situations and we look at all the things that's going on around us. Many times we get our focus off of the things, the very thing that we need to, to keep our focus on. So easy it is to get your eyes on the world that's lost and the problems that's coming in the future. So easy it is to get your mind on the wars and the rumors of wars and the earthquakes and divers places and all of the things that's coming. So easy it is to get your mind on the things that's all around our world and get your focus off of what is very important to each and every person that's in this room. The Bible says in Titus chapter number 2 verse number 12 and 13 says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. All through the struggle we should live our lives denying ungodliness. Yes, in the world that's bound for hell, we should live our lives all denying worldly lust. In this world that's that we know is going to come to an end and time is running out, we should live our lives soberly and righteously and godly right now, right now here right now if you're looking for a good time to turn your life over to the Lord and serve him with all your heart now's a good time to give it over to the Lord if you've never lived for God and you've never repented of your sins now is a good time to turn your life over to the Lord yes verse 13 says looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, you're going to need to look, look very, very passionately. Oh, live in a way that is godly and holy, knowing that time is running out. Jesus can come back any minute. You don't have another moment. You don't have another day. You can't put it off to tomorrow. You can't say, I'm going to change my life tomorrow. Oh, but right now, right here is the moment you need to say, make the decision I'm going to serve him with all my heart let's clap our hands to him 2 Peter 3 and verse number 12 says looking for for and hasting unto the, the, the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens begin uh, being uh, on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Oh. Nobody's looking for that day. Oh, but you know, many people will, will say that this is referring uh, to the return of the church or the, or the return of Jesus as in the clouds or the rapture. But this is talking about the second coming of Jesus uh, uh, because uh, when the Lord comes to get the Lord or get, get His church and rapture Him out, as I read, quoted just a few moments ago, is that we will meet the Lord in the air and there's how we forever be with the Lord. 
Lord. But the second coming of the Lord is when he comes down with all of his saints and he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives. I don't want to get too carried away here today in the scriptures to get too deep or whatever it may be. I, I, this is not talking about that, but it's, but it's talking about the second coming of Jesus recorded in the 19th chapter of the book of Revelations. Oh, the rapture that appears when Jesus is in the clouds, but the second coming is when Jesus steps his foot upon this earth. And oh, oh, I tell you, that one of these days the Lord is going to come back and he's going to set his foot down and he's going to be crowned king of kings and lord of lords. He's he's coming and he's going to, to, to set up his kingdom on this earth. The end time is coming. Oh, the day of God. The day of God. The day of the Lord. Many times the Bible refers to the day of the Lord or until the day of the Lord or until God comes. And many times uh, we know that the day of the Lord is going to come and the coming uh, of, of, of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ is going to be coming. Oh, the day of God. Oh, because God, oh, He, he, is, he has manifested His power to us and His glory into us. He's given us the earnest of our inheritance. He's given us the power to overcome, the power to do and what to do. God's perfect will in our lives. We need to understand we are going to have to hasten. We're going to have to get ready. Um, 2 Peter chapter 12, 3 and verse 2, it says that we should hasten unto the coming of the Lord. If you study that out in the Greek, as I oftentimes do, study it out in the Greek, we can see the meaning of hasten and it means that we should urge on and to hasten it means that we should be we should wake wake with eager desire to for something to happen oh it's not just a casual thing but we need to be be like the writer or John Revelation a writer as he wrote the book of Revelations when he said oh come Lord quickly come Lord quickly come Lord quickly he was looking for the coming of the Lord and we as the church we need to say come Lord quickly come Lord quickly God God's coming should be on our mind the coming of the Lord Jesus should be on our mind it should be a state of mind that we would keep our minds upon what God is getting ready to do the time is getting ready to come Jesus is getting ready to come back the Lord's getting ready to move any time any moment in the twinkling of an eye the sound of the last trump 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 52 oh, for the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise incorruptible and we shall be changed time 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 is running out oh we're closer than it's ever been than ever been in our lives time is running out many people that used to attend church don't attend church no more. People that used to sing on the praise team don't sing on the praise team no more. So many people that used to be in the choir don't sing in the choir anymore. So many people were faithful to the house of God every time the doors opened but now you had to about pay him to come. Used to come every time the door was open. They come on Sunday morning. They come on Sunday night. 
They come on Wednesday night. Uh, on Wednesday night, they come. Uh, well, that's a miracle. Oh, they come. Uh, you know what? They come all the time. And on prayer meeting and on Bible study, and they would come. They're people that used to be faithful, but now they're not. Time. Time is running out. Oh, so many people, they used to do all, all of these things, but now they're living their lives their own way. They're justifying themselves with their excuses. Justifying themselves with their excuses. These will one day come to themselves and realize that they missed the very opportunity to get to, to make things right and live for God wholeheartedly. Oh, they justify themselves. Every man is right in their own eyes. And so many people try to justify their slothfulness and, and try to justify their lives that are not faithful to God. They're living their lives, making excuses and feeling good about it. And they're justifying that it's a good excuse, but there's no excuse for unfaithfulness to God. No excuse. Being unfaithfulness, unfaithful to God. One of these days you'll find yourself holding your excuse, missing the rapture of the church. Listen to me today. Time is running out. Time is coming to an end. I'm talking to you about a, a, a conspiracy theory. It's some kind of a hoax that people believe that, that they're always going to have enough time to, 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 to make the right decision. They're always going to have enough time to choose that, that, that they're going to live for God or not. But I promise you, Time is running out And if you don't make it right with God You will be dying and losing your soul Forever in eternity Time is running out Time is running out Oh, the night is far spent. Oh, the present time. Oh, that we're living in is full of all kinds of affections, all kinds of, of, of problems and all kinds of temptations and all kinds of trials. Uh, it's almost time for us to come to an understanding that we are going to have to come out. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Ah, oh, one scripture says in Hebrews says forsaking not the assemblies of yourselves together as the manner of some is I'm going to come out of those I'm not going to be a part of that I'm not going to be a part of the ones that don't that don't that refuse to assemble and refuse to come to the house of God I'm not going to be a part of that I don't even want to be associated with the unfaithful don't name me that you know it's just like I used to say um, you know you can call me anything just don't call me late for supper I don't want to be named that, Lord and mercy. But you know what? We need to cast off the world. But, but somehow that, that theory, that mindset has blinded our hearts. It has gave us that, that blind. It's an internal blindness. It's like a hand over your face. It's like you can't even see what is coming in your face. You don't even know. But God has spoken to my heart to let you know it's time to wake up. It's time to smell the roses. It's time to say, uh, you need to, 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 to change and make things right and cast off 
the works of darkness. Cast off the things that hinder you. Cast off the things uh, just like uh, that, that lives and associates you with the ones that aren't right and that are not holy. But live for God and let His glory work in your life. So many won't let the God move in their lives. Because of the God of this world, they have convinced themselves that they're okay. They convinced themselves that they, they don't have to change. They convinced themselves that everything's all right when it's not. They convinced themselves that, that, that they've not changed. They're not slipping back and they're not backsliding. Oh, they, they've convinced themselves that somehow they can do less and still be on fire for God. Oh, I tell you what, you don't have to leave the church to backslide. You don't have to quit church. To, to, to leave to the backslide but anytime you stop walking forward and you start walking back you're backsliding on God and I tell you what so many people are backsliding on a Pentecostal pew but I tell you what God says it's time to understand the time that there's no time for going back oh the ones who have turned their back on the plow but it has, uh, has no worth it's not worthy of him to be a part of him we need to go forward hold on to the plow go forward and God I'm not going back I'm going forward let's clap our hands to the Lord we see this backward trend throughout our nation our country was founded on Christian principles and now it's heading down a dangerous path I'm telling you many people they they, they, they have went back, many churches that used to preach against sin and preach against the things of this world but now are lightening up and now they don't want to offend and now they don't want to preach against sin. They don't want to preach against the, the bondages of the devil. They don't want to preach against uh, up against all of these things that are demonic that comes in to your house and your, and your home and into your mind and these spirits that attach to you. And many people, they live with those things and they feel like it's okay. Maybe it's the wickedness of this world that's going all around our country and sometimes it gets embedded into our minds and our spirits and we feel like it's okay because we continue to do that. I've seen it so many times where people, they would start to listening to ungodly music and they would somehow, they would numb themselves from it. They would watch ungodly TV shows and somehow they feel like it's okay when they're doing all kinds of witchcraft and all kinds of violence and murders and lust and fornication and nudity, all kinds of stuff. And when Christians are sitting there watching that and they became so new so so numb to it that, that it doesn't phase them no more and they got used to it and all the way through until they until they are watching things on their phones and uh, and they're watching pornography and they're watching all kinds of things on their phone and somehow they've done it for so long that they do it and come to church they do it and shout and dance and speak in tongues they go home and do it but they come to the house of God and put it on a good show, a good act. But I tell you, an act won't get you to heaven, but a true life that's devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ can make it to the other side. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. 
You can't just fake it till you make it. Oh, time's running out. You can't just be a phony baloney. You're going to have to be real. Oh, it's time. But so often we can get used to sin in our lives that it's okay and it doesn't bother you no more. You need to wake up and realize that the time is running out and you need to cast off the works of darkness. Cast off the works of darkness. Knowing that the last days there shall be perilous times. For 2 Timothy 3 and 1, the perilous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, uh, truce breakers, false accusers, uh, uh, fierce, despisers of those who do good, uh, tready high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of God but denying the power thereof for such turn away for of of this sort are they that creep into housings leading captive silly women laden with sin led away with divers lust ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth that is all around our world today it is obvious that the Lord is coming back. It's obvious that we are in the last days. It's obvious that the days are evil. It's obvious today that all of these things that we read in this chapter is happening in our world right now. You cannot, you can try to argue, but it's so so plain you can't argue with the Bible. It's so plain that this is happening right now in, a, in our world, and many times it's happening in our church. Churches, people are leading away, following after their own lusts, desiring their things and desiring flesh. Oh, they're having a form of godliness. They deny the power thereof. That even happens in the apostolic church. They are so full of formalism and they got their form that, that what we had here just a few minutes ago would never happen in our church. They're on a 55 minute time frame and they got to get out. And if the Lord was to show up, they'd intervene. They'd try to block it. Oh, but we don't need to quench the Holy Ghost. But so many people in Pentecostalism and all around our world, they have a form of, God, of, 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 of godliness, but they deny the moving of the power of God. He says, for such turn away. Oh, because that kind of people... They go from house to house creeping. And, and, and they, they are held, they lead captive. Silly women laden with sin. That spirit you don't want no part of. Oh, and they lead them away by divers' lust. They're following after their own lust and their own things that, that's buying, that, that, that holds people hostage. We need to understand that the evil day, evil men are coming. In the, in the last days, evil men are coming. Scoffers uh, will come. And they will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Go down to verse 13. 2 Peter 3 and 13. Evil men. 
Scoffers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's stacked on top of each other, deceiving and being deceived. Second Second Timothy chapter thirteen and verse or chapter three and verse number thirteen. I'm sorry, we was in the same chapter. Or verse number thirteen, evil men. And scoffers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Oh, they, they, they're so full of deception. Oh, it's all around our world. They're so full of deception. They're unaware. They're without natural affection. They're doing all of these things that are ungodliness. Oh, they're blinded by the things of this world. The wicked old man has corrupted them with the evil deeds. Oh, and somehow the old man has showed back up and they're doing things that are ungodly but I promise you today time is running out time is coming to an end time is going to be coming to an end very soon very soon God is coming you need to be ready time is running out time is running out time is coming to an end coming to an end. I preached a message years ago titled The Last Time. Many times people has their last opportunity. One of these days is going to be our last Sunday morning. If you're not right with the Lord, you don't have to worry about coming back to the church, coming to church because we ain't going to be here. God bless you. I wish you could have become. We tried our best, but you refused. Now you're you're here, and we're in heaven. We tried, but it was the last chance, the last service, the last altar call. Time, time, time. Hickory Dickory Dock. It's a nonsense poem which is used to attract young children, and they mimic the sound of a clock chiming. <clears throat> and at the relevant point of the song, they would say, Hickory Dickory Dock. Hickory Dickory Dock. This was to instruct the children the fundamentals of telling time. And from the time that you was a child up until now, we understand the importance of time. They teach it to our children. Hickory dickory dock, the mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck one. The mouse ran down. Hickory dickory dock. Ooh, I like that song. Don't you? Everybody's, maybe the kids do that, right? So there. All the way, we understand from a child that everything we do revolves around time. There's time for everything. When you have babies, there's time to change diapers. There's time to feed. There's time to eat. All that, you know, when you're a baby, you're like, well, it's time for me to eat. It's time for me to go to sleep. It's time for me to be held. It's time for me to get my, my butt padded. You know, 
We had those times all the way from when we were born. We understand there's time. And after we start growing up, we understand the importance of times. And we understand as we become adults of how controlled we are by time. And time controls us. And, and all of the things happen in our lives. And, and we understand how hard it is to find enough time in the day to do everything. Has anybody ever felt that way? If I just had enough time. If I had enough time, I'd clean my house. I'd do the dishes. If I had enough time, I'd do that. If I had enough time, I'd, I, I would have done it. Sometimes we don't have enough time. But there's so many things in our life that has a time on it. There is a certain time. You have to get up at a certain time. Right? You have to go to work at a certain time. How many has got to go to work at a certain time? You got to be there. There's a certain time you got to take lunch, right? You got to, you know, you know, bell goes off. You got to go to lunch. Lunch time. If you're going to school, the bell goes off. You got to go to lunch at that time. You can't be sneaking to the cafeteria, boy. You got to, you know, a certain time. There's a certain time you got to go be to work. There's also a certain time you get off work, and you can't leave until they tell you you can. We're controlled by that time. When you know when it's three o'clock, you know you, you know you you get to go home. Praise God. There's a certain time that we got to be at church at a certain time, right? We got to be here at a certain time. We got to go to bed at a certain time. Always say that if you want to get up, you got to go to bed. If you don't go to bed, you can't get up. Our lives are controlled by time. If you're going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you have to go at least go to bed by 11. You know, if you... I always remember growing up and even, you know, seeing adults. People show up to church, you know, on Sunday morning. They'd be all tired and they'd be... I overslept, Pastor. I overslept. I, you know, it's like... I, I, you know, I said, well, what time did you go to bed? 4.30, we was up playing games and stuff. You know, I didn't go to bed till 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I was like, if you know you have church, you need to go to bed because you got to get up for church. Right? There's a certain time. You, so you got to make preparations to be there. If you know it's time to go to church, you know you got to be there. If you know it's time to, to leave for church on Wednesday and you, and you have to be there, you need to be there. And you know when time the church is normally over, you know that's when you get to leave. There's time that we are controlled. We're controlled by the time. We have to go. Many times we, we lose track of time, right? Has anybody ever lost track of time in their life? Sometimes we lose track of time. Oh, time well, uh, is so easy to lose track of, right? Sometimes you don't mean to be late, but you lose track of time. You know, you, you just wasn't looking at the clock, right? Time is just like got slipped away from you. You look at the clock and you say, it's 10, almost, it's 7 after 12, pastors. Do we start the five-minute intro video? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, it's time sometimes gets away from you, doesn't it? Right? Sometimes, you know, you, want, you have all good intentions, but you run out of time. Well, I, I would have been there, but I didn't. Have, I ran out of time. 
You know, because time, many times, you, you run out of time. Oh, so many times we, we, we have those, those, that time that was given to us in the Garden of Eden. Each and every person that is in this room has an inter- internal clock that's inside of them that starts ticking all the way from the beginning of time. And many times we have that sense of time. Has anybody ever done that? You know, you can pretty much tell what time it is. Right? You know, you know, I'll be, you know, give me five minutes, I'll be there, whatever, and you could, you could time it out, and you know exactly, you, you know, by a sense of time. Has anybody ever woke up before their time, their, their alarm clock, or, or maybe it's a Saturday and you turned your alarm clock off, but you still woke up at the same time and looked at the clock. It's that tick-tock, tick-tock in your heart, in your mind. You know, it's going tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. It's going, it's going. Your days are numbered all the way from the beginning of time. We can understand, even when studying the book of Job, we can understand that the days are numbered. Job 14 and 5, he determines the days, the number of months, and all and all of the appointed time. All of those things happen in our lives because of a time. We have a certain time, a certain time that happens oh there's certain times that things take place and everything that happens in our lives at a certain time and I believe even in our spiritual walk that we have God's timing we have time when the Lord moves and there's a time and place for everything I wish I had time to preach today uh, but I ain't got time uh, you know what I mean and I said that because I mean it and also said it because it went good in the sermon Sometimes you wish you had more time. You wish you had more time to preach. You had, wish you had more time to have a service. I wish the service could have went on. I wish the service didn't have to stop. All these things happen in our lives. and uh, We all have that time. And we have a time to be born. We have a time to die. One day your, in, your clock is going to strike dead. Your time is going to be up. We don't know that number, but God knows that number. We don't know when it's going to happen, but God knows when it's going to happen. So often, we, we ignore that number. We think it's never going to come. I'm never going to die. So often, the, die, the young die. So often, the good die. So often they are going along life like normal. They have a heart attack and die. Healthy men has had strokes and are unable to, to make it without medical assistance. Why? Because of a time. A time. In that song... Hickory Dickory Dock, as we, we, we have sang it before as children. The song goes, Hickory Dickory Dock, Hickory Dickory Dock. The mouse ran up the clock. The squirrel went up the clock. And in the song, Hickory Dickory Dock, several animals, they go up the clock and back down the clock. And then the clock strikes to the next hour. Tick tock, tick tock. Hickory dickory dock. The mouse ran up the clock. And you know, and they kept going one animal after another. You know, if you watch that little the little video that goes with it, they they go in the room and they're like, 
and they climb up the clock, and then they come back down the clock, and then it strikes the next hour. And then it gets to the last animal. What is the last animal? So, you know, the mouse ran up, the squirrel ran up, the, the, the monkey ran up the clock and all this. They ran up the clock and, you know, you know the clock struck, struck three. The mouse ran down, the squirrel went down, hickory dickory dock. You know, the clock struck 12 or 11, hickory dickory dock. Then it got all the way to, to 12, right? And it gets to the last animal. And you know what? And they're just like sitting there, you know, everything's good. You know, time keeps going. Then all of a sudden, it gets to that point in the song where they wait for the last animal. And they're, and they're like, you know, the mouse went up the clock, the clock struck 11. And, you know, the squirrel went down, hickory dickory dock, or the clock, or, you know, struck struck whatever squirrel went down hickory dickory dock then the next animal comes in the room what is it they see it coming in they hear it then it gets to the last animal right and it's an elephant so they say oh no an elephant and as they begin to sing the song it's like Hickory dickory dock, the elephant ran up the clock. What happens when the elephant runs up the clock? Anybody remember? The clock is crushed. The clock is destroyed under the weight of the elephant. All of the time had came to an end. Hickory dickory dock, oh no. An elephant. Oh no. An elephant comes in and destroys the clock. The song is over. The elephant has entered the room. The elephant had entered the room. Which means, we've all heard the saying, the elephant in the room. Have you ever heard that saying? The elephant is in the room. The elephant is in the room. It means that you have an obvious problem or a difficult situation that people don't want to talk about. They don't want to discuss the situation because it's unpleasant. It, is un- it has been unpleasant an unpleasant experience. A heavy cross to bear. An elephant in the room. In your walk with God, there are elephants that comes in the room. In your, there are things that, that comes into your life and in your church and situations that obviously they are problems. They're difficult situations. Things you try to avoid to talk about. Things you don't want to mention. You don't want nobody else to know. But ultimately, the elephant that comes into your life, it will put an end to your time. It will destroy you. It will cause you to, be, to come to the end. And eventually, your time will run out. Because... Of the elephant. 
One day God will no longer deal with your heart. It will be the last time the elephant has put an end to your time. Oh, the elephant needs to be addressed. Oh, if you do not address the elephant in your life, it will put an end to your time in your walk with God. You will lose your salvation simply because of the elephant that's in the room. Things you don't want to deal with. Things you don't want to discuss. There's elephants in your life that comes. There's elephants that's in this room. And I promise you they are. And you don't want to talk about it. But here I am. I'm sent by the Lord to address some elephants that is in your life. And so often people try to ignore. Nobody wants to talk about it. But they are some elephants. They are some sins that people try to ignore. I don't want to talk about that. You preach about anything, Pastor, but just don't preach about me. Don't preach on my sin. Time will be destroyed if you don't address the elephants in your life. First elephant. I know I started late. I'm going to end. I'm going to go over just a little bit. The first elephant is the elephant of selfishness and self-righteousness. When it's all about you, how good you are, that will ultimately destroy yourself. Because it's not about you, it's about the blood of Jesus. Sadducees were very self-righteous. That was an elephant in their life. I've met so many people that have lost out on their walk with God simply because of selfishness. Things didn't go their way. Somebody else was the pastor besides them and they, they couldn't run the show. Whatever. They got, they got upset. And their time had been ended because they thought it was all about them. I promise you it ain't all about you. Selfishness is an elephant that will destroy your walk with God. Self-righteousness will destroy your walk with God. Pride will destroy your walk with God. Proverbs 16 and 18 and 19. It says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better, is, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly. Than to divide the spoil with the pride, with the proud. Pride will keep you from serving the Lord. Pride will keep you from admitting that you are wrong. Pride will ignore the elephant in your life. Pride, many times, as I said, is the elephant in your life. It is the elephant in your life. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6 says, Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you. Verse number 5 says, He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Pride will keep you from coming to the altar and praying. Pride will keep you uh, from getting out in the aisles and worshiping. Pride will keep you from surrendering your whole life over to God. You got too much pride to say you are wrong. Elephants in your life. Elephants in your life. Address the elephant in the room today. 
address the elephants in your life. It will keep you from, from being fully dependent on God because you know how to serve God on your own. You have so much pride, you don't need to pastor. You don't need no man, nobody to help you. You're too boastful and proud to do it on your own. You just don't need nothing. That is an elephant that will destroy your life and your walk with God. Fear and worry is an elephant in the room. So often people have fear and worry. 1 John 4 and 17 and 18 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect, or not made perfect in love. It will destroy your walk with God. Fear and worry. The fourth elephant I wanted to address today in the room is the elephant of gossip and tailbearing. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to mention the elephant of gossip and tailbearing. Just let us do our thing, Pastor, and we can just, you know. So often that will destroy your walk with God. Proverbs 11 and 13 says, The, tail, the tailbearer reveals secrets. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. You ever seen a tailbearer? Sometimes a tailbearer is not a liar. It's just telling everything they know. You ever seen people just tell everything they know? Some people you don't want to tell nothing to because you know they're going to tell it. And what they tell is true many times. But you know when somebody says keep a secret, don't tell nobody. And you go to the next person and say, hey, don't tell nobody. But so and so said that. And then you go to the next person hey, don't tell nobody. But I wasn't supposed to tell nobody. But you promise you don't say nothing now. Don't, don't say nothing. Don't tell nobody else. And the next person, they just, you know, and you know what? They're just telling the tale, and they're going around. They're telling, they're revealing, they're revealing all kinds of of secrets that they're supposed to keep secret. To, but the Bible says that the faithful spirit conceals. Their mouths close, right? Then you have First Timothy five and verse number thirteen says, "And with all they learn to be idle, learn to be idle." They Wandering from house to house and having or learn to be ill. They, they are, or, how do you say the word? And they're having uh, not only uh, uh, um, idle, but tailors uh, also busybodies, speaking things that they should not. Speaking things that they should not. Just because you know something doesn't even mean it comes out of your mouth. That's an elephant you need to, to, to address. Don't tell everybody everything you know. A fool tells everything he knows. But the, a wise will keep it to himself. Hatred. Hatred 
is an elephant in the room. Proverbs 10 and 12. Hatred stirreth up strives, but love covereth all sins. People are full of hatred in their lives. Number six, lying. Lying is an elephant in the room. We don't need to have lying in our in our lives as we all stand as I'm coming to a close here this afternoon. There's an elephant in the room. What is the elephant in your room? What is the thing you're trying not to address? That you're trying to excuse away. Lying. People say, well, I don't lie. I don't lie. I don't tell lies. So often, we've lied to the very one whose character is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But you have lied to God. In a nice sense of fire, what happened to them? They lied to the Holy Ghost. Now, what did they lie to the Holy Ghost about? Money. They supposed to, they, they promised that they would do this, and they didn't do it. And God struck them down because of lying to the Holy Ghost. And then you have people that don't pay. They say they pay the 10%, but they give 5%. Or they give 4% or 1%. And they write on their tithes. All around our world that happens. Lying to the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't want, as old saints, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes for your socks. I wouldn't want to stand in judgment for you. I wouldn't want to be in your place when you stand before God and you say, I've been lying to you all these years. But that's an elephant in the room. People make commitments to God and say all kinds of things to God. I'll do that. People stand up and testify and say they're going to do something. But they don't ever do it. It's lying. It's the elephant that's going to destroy your walk with God. Talk is cheap. Action costs something. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 23. It says, And be renewed in your spirit, in the spirit of your mind, and that ye may put on a new man, which after God created in righteousness a true and or righteousness and true. Holiness, true holiness. Not, not, not just fake, but true holiness. True holiness comes from the, whole, from the Holy Ghost, from God, right? You can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. True holiness comes from God. But the very next verse, it says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man the truth. To his neighbors. For we are members one to another. Be ye. Be ye angry and sin not. 
Let not the sun go down upon thy wrath, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Time was running out. Maybe the elephant is something I didn't mention here today. Maybe I didn't mention what what is in your life. But as I'm preaching here this afternoon, there's elephants in your life. There's things that's walked in the room. And you need to address them before they get to the clock. Because if they ever get to the clock, your time is over. Oh no, an elephant. I was going to come to church, but oh no, the elephant. I was going to make it in the rapture, but oh no, the elephant. The elephant I didn't address caused me to lose out on God. The elephant... This came and will destroy time in your life. We need to understand that now is the time to surrender over everything into the Lord Jesus Christ. The elephant is in the room. Revelations 21 and verse number 8 says... But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and scoffers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Which is the second death. Revelations 10 and verse 5 through 7 says, And the angel which saw, which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hands to heaven and swore by him that liveth forever and ever who, createth, who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth. And the things that are in of that that are therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein. The that they should be time no longer. Mm. Time no longer. Verse seven says, but In the day of the voice of the seven angels, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should come, or should be finished. The mystery of God should be finished. And as he hath declared to his servants and prophets. There's going to come a time There's going to be time no more. It's going to be the end. Ultimately, the elephant will just crush the clock. And time will be over. How many wants to address the elephant in your life today?
I'm opening up these altars today as the Lord's moving. And I want you to come to this altar today and say, Lord, I, I, I know there's some elephants that I don't want anyone, no, but I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk to Pastor about it. I don't want to talk to anybody about it. I don't want anybody to know the elephants in my life. Oh, God, but I want to address those right here in this place. I want to address those right here in this place. The elephants in the room. I'm opening this altar up today as we pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. I pray for every one of the sound of my voice, oh God, that there are some elephants in our lives. There are some things that we are trying to avoid. There are some things that we uh, don't want to talk about. There's some things that are going on in our lives and some sins that's going on in our lives that we don't want to address. We don't want to talk about, oh God, but Lord, right now is the time I've got to address the elephant in the, true, in the room. It is an obvious, obvious problem, a difficult situation. Oh, there's things that's happened in our lives, unpleasant situations, things in our past that are keeping us heavy crosses to bear. We need to address those problems, oh God. Right now we come before you to address those problems. And Lord, whatever's keeping me from doing what is right, oh, that is avoiding me, uh, it's keeping, that's keeping me from doing the things I need to do, the things that I've been trying to avoid. Oh God, I put them before you right now in this place. Oh God, I address the elephant in my life. In Jesus' name, let's all come to this altar today. Praise the Lord. Let's pray.